the wait is over. 12 days after our last episode, well, that's not including the Friday 4, but 12 days after our last main episode, the Michael Anthony Show is back. Um, We are now in 2019 and we are ready to take over the Irish broadcasting scene. Um, Just a quick comment on some of the loyalty shown by the listeners over the Christmas period. Uh, The fact that we hadn't produced an episode in so long um, and to see so many different people still listening to episodes that at this stage are over a month old was just, well, it was beyond belief. And what I'm on the listeners, I just want to say that I don't think you're even aware of it, but you're a particularly special group of people. Huge level of diversity amongst uh, the listeners. Um, so many different types of people, people who wouldn't get on, people who would dislike each other. And more importantly, there's some people who dislike me. Um, that's the biggest honour of all. Those of you who can't stand the fucking sight of me. And those of you who would hate to bump into me in a restaurant, um, a, a bar, or any of the above. And, and I'm sure the feeling would be mutual. But the fact that you're still lending your ears for the sheer entertainment that is this show... Well, it's quite an honour. So, uh, they're the they're the main people I want to thank. Those who dislike me personally, and then I want to extend that thanks to the variety of people who who listened over the quiet Christmas period. It was by no means deliberate. Of course, things like uh, going out and all that comes with it did affect the schedule. But also, I was supposed to do a show on the twenty seventh. I was in Manchester on the twenty sixth. I misplaced my passport uh, in a restaurant just before going to the airport and uh, was not allowed on um, the flight back to Dublin that evening, which was quite unfortunate. Uh, She tried her best, but the supervisor said no um, without any form of photo identification. I was rejected and had to stay in the airport hotel in Liverpool with no other than Conor Doby, a man who was here today um, kind of to celebrate it being the first show of the new year and also to celebrate that this show is probably going to take us over the 5,000 mark um, we're already on the 5,000 mark if you included the iTunes but on SoundCloud alone this show is going to take us to half a millennium very good well it's just testing you it's not half a millennium it's five millenniums it's oh, going yeah. to be 5,000 um, again just unbelievably Unbelievably humbled. Um, Connor, um, right. yeah, your hair's grey though. Yeah, very So, why are you here moment. though? If you're, twi- if you're 26 years of age and you have grey hair, why are you here? I need to get a cut. Doesn't matter if you need to get a cut, you look like Des Bishop. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna get that shampoo. And because we are in a new year, like New Year's resolutions and all that comes with that kind of thing really annoys me, especially because the era we're in and people putting it on things like Instagram. So here, here's the here's the thing about what I say to people who are like continuously putting like celebrations or any form of life change or things like New Year, New Me on Instagram. Hey, don't listen to this show. It's weird. Like you get a lot of shows out there who want people to listen and are open. We're not open. If you are somebody who is consistently 
only showing the positive aspects of your life while ignoring the negative on things like Instagram where you just put up an image that captures a millisecond of time that's filtered and brushed up. And you just want people, if you, if you, if you actually view the world in a way that needs the approval of other people constantly, don't, li- don't listen. We actually don't want you. And I'm, I'm being genuine. Yeah. Do, turn off now. But yeah, it's kind of that culture is why a reason why the New Year's resolution thing and all does bother me. But would you consider giving up smokes? Yeah. No, so I want to I wanna come in there for a second um, with, with the smoking thing. Um, due to the fact that I obviously saw your absolute fucking Graham Kavanagh head staring at me uh, throughout the holidays, yeah. I, I did a bit of research and I found that I think it was a, a, some Indian journal from an Indian university, I think it was published in online, said those who smoke are two and a half times more likely to go grey before really? 30. Yeah, so forget the fact that 90% of male lung cancers are due yeah. to smoking. Forget the fact that it kills 6 million people a year um, and, and secondhand smoke kills 600,000. Forget the fact that you're twice as likely to have a stroke um, and all, 20% of all heart attacks are purely down to smoking. What about the sheer grey hair thing? Surely that's enough to make you go. I can dye the hair, though. I think I will. Yeah, but... Soon, yeah, but it doesn't really matter. Like, first of all, you keep it short. It's that's a lot of effort. No, it is a lot of effort though. To get, like, what are you just going to dye it for the remainder of time? Yeah, and when you dye your hair, it doesn't go your hair color. It'll have this weird little minging, gingery twinge yeah. off it, like those guys who try dye it last minute before they get back to school in September, who don't want to let the roots. That'll be disgusting if that happens. Yeah. But that's what will happen. So, like, it is kind of self-inflicted. Like, you can call it genetics. You can say that your old man. Is walking around with literal white hair, but again, he smoked. Yeah, he did. What age did he start smoking at? I, I you told me before 12. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you're going to be grey by your mid-twenties then. And, like... Yeah. Is giving up the cigarette something you've considered into yeah, the next year? Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to. Why do you smoke? <clears throat> uh, I don't know. It's, can I be, it's I just out of habit now. Well, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a former it. smoker, um, of course, <laughs> and... With smoking, a lot of people who don't smoke continuously are at people about like the way I just said to you about, about the the health impacts. Yeah. But those who haven't smoked don't understand what smoking also brings. The I make huge friends off a cigarette. Huge friends. I have a lot of friends who I wouldn't even know, who I wouldn't even like if they didn't smoke. First of all, if anyone who's listened to this went to college yeah, without smoking, I want to know how you did it. Yeah. Um, a smoke accompanies kind of all forms of communication. It does make things better. People say it has no benefits. You are incorrect. No, definitely. There is benefits to it. It's very enjoyable. Uh, the whole, everything that comes with it, the conversation, the way it gives you that little buzz if you hadn't had one for a while, and then you and your mate are so sound to each other over that five-minute smoke. Everything's slightly funnier. You have more energy into everything. It just gives you this little boost. So don't come at people too strongly but I do think when you're hitting the age of 25 you'd be absolutely crazy not to be putting the fags down at the minute the one thing that you can't ask you, we can ask for a bit of understanding of smokers yeah. people don't do it you don't understand it but you can't ask people for sympathy when you are wheeled into a hospital in your mid 50s because you have to realise first of all death yeah. the end of life your brain stops working you've no conscious thought the worst thing ever by the way that sounds like really really hoping that we advance to a place, kind of medically speaking, where our virtual consciousness um, can exist and that we can download it all onto some kind of virtual platform and our life just kind of lives on and we yeah. live in illusion as opposed to just having the literal bang, you never lived, 
no one you ever knew, no one you ever met will be seen again or be communicated with again. It's, it's pretty tragic stuff. But no one, um, no one who smokes can ask for sympathy. When you are told you're dying, as half of smokers ever have been told by a doctor or by whoever, and it's self-inflicted, and you're sick. Do you know how scanned hospitals are? Yeah, the, the hand sanitizer, the people you see who are just kind of there, the level of just pure misery, the milk trade that are staring at you down in the shop yeah. when you go in, the little balloons, the dressing gowns. Oh, people walk around in their dressing gowns. The 88-year-olds who are just literally asking to die. The visitors. Imagine being in one of those hospital rooms at 55, that smell, that yellow wall, and then you can kind of see through a window the kid, little part of the kids' hospital that has, like, pandas and shit. Yeah. on the wall and you're just like this the worst place in the world imagine 55 and the doctor's your own age yeah. this dick comes out it's like so uh, Mr. Doby unfortunately um, it's terminal <laughs> and uh, the best we can offer you is and he's your own age telling you that and you're going home to your daughter and you're saying that that girl in your class's dad told your dad that he's dying because your dad couldn't stop fagging I will stop. Fighting. You have to stop. I don't even think it's optional. I don't it's, think it's a, it's. You're openly coming on. You're telling all these listeners, and you're a voice that these guys listen to on a kind of regular basis. You're telling these listeners that you are ending your own life essentially by yeah. continuing to smoke. Well, like only half of people do die, though. Yeah, but the often, so yeah, but they don't include people who die of other things. Like, so if you die in a car crash, they're not at fifty. Smoking. No, so it's the st- the, yeah, the stats are completely. Yeah, no. The stats are actually quite flawed. The fact that that even is half, with that being the case, is absolutely mental. And it's the sheer ignorance of it, the secondhand smoke aspect. I mean, if you look what it even does to children, like 790,000 doctor visits amongst children in the United States a year due to secondhand smoke. 430 cases of infant sudden death syndrome due to secondhand smoke. If a woman smokes... Uh, I don't out and out know the science of it, but it's something along the lines of this. The chemicals from the cigarettes can be released through their breast milk, therefore already, in a way, um, making your young baby addicted to fags. It's unbelievably selfish, um, causes asthma amongst the youth, and so many other things. The fact that it should be illegal. It's not just that, oh, you're smoking and you're harming yourself, but if 600,000 people a year are dying due to secondhand smoke... Not only are you taking your own life, but you're in a way a murderer. And any non-smokers here, again, don't go on about how little sense it makes because you don't understand. Smoking's unbelievable will crack. But do get offended. Do demand people don't smoke around you. Do demand they leave your house. All, all the above is completely acceptable. Uh, smoking's got to stop. It's the habit thing, though. It's, that's why you can't give it up. It's very hard to give up. Yeah, I such an you. obvious point. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask you to continue it. Um, the real winners for me, and these are people who've always got a lot of criticism from me, um, and I don't like them. I think the guards are absolutely disgraceful. I think the way they complain about the money they make is a joke. I think if anything, they're overpaid. How many guards I've seen, like when I was a young, a younger man, 18, 19 years of age used to do deliveries for a, a few Thai restaurants. And you'd be in these deep estates in places like <coughs> Sandyford, Knocked Lion Fur House, estates that take six minutes to get in and out of. 
And you'd see guards on foot four minutes into these estates who wouldn't be able to be at the end of the estate at least for 14 minutes, just wasting out and out time, doing nothing. They're completely overpaid, the guards. Like, the nurses, yes, let's give them more. They save lives. Guards, like... I can't stand them. I don't like the type of people they are. You can tell the bitterness about their youth just on their face when you speak to them. They are such angry human beings. Um, And they're like, do you know what I mean? They're all, you can tell they've just been so let down by their guy county for the last 25 years and like still talk about the quarterfinal they lost and how the referees were on Dublin side. But I will say that 8,753 road arrest for intoxication well that's an impressive figure gentlemen and women um last year in 2018 really? uh, love to see it um road fatalities down four percent from the year before that's saving lives fellas that's doing a job um the lowest road casualty stats since records started being recorded I will say this once. I won't repeat it again. My hat is tipped to Ungarda Shia Khanna. Let's hope for more in the next year to come. Um, But the Dublin New Year's party, I don't know if you you caught it on TV, was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen. So they had Gavin James up on the stage with the guitar. Um, Musically average. Yeah. Physically atrocious. Oh, it's horrible. I've no bother with a guy liking pies. Yeah. I've no bother with a guy still probably drinking Lucozades with every single breakfast roll he gets. But I do have a problem with what looked like spray foam on his, face. On his head. Oh, on his head. Did you see his hair? Yeah. The wind was blowing it off. It looked like some sort of dead fox you know when it's ran over by a truck and its stomach's open you don't really know if it has a head anymore it just looked absolutely atrocious he really really let himself down physically his jacket was even worse but it might not be all his fault um, because the production of the show if you ever need anything to sum up Irish television look at our New Year's party we had our countdown clock on the SIP2 building, trying to make it like an Empire State, um, London Eye kind of thing. We had this big old-fashioned 90s lettering going like, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, on the SIP2 building. We're trying to advertise that as a landmark. The SIP2, um, what SIP2 stands for? Services, Industrial, Professional and Technical. Um... Do you know how boring life in the SIP2 building is? Do you know what goes on inside the SIP2 building? Yeah. The most entertaining day of the year is when someone comes back from holidays and brings a, a bag of chocolates in. It's depressing. Everyone who works in the SIP2 building is fucking miserable. It's grey. It's dreary. They still have Packard Bell computers. Um, it's just full of gossip and just nosiness and horrendous coffee we can't attempt to advertise this as a landmark putting the new year's countdown clock on it absolutely embarrassing oh sorry and just while i'm here and while i was talking about why the show wasn't on the 27 and how i forgot the passport we ended up getting the ferry back um something that i completely would recommend first of all people say "Ooh, you're going to get a lot of rough people on the ferries people who like taking the cheap price well i disagree 
when I was on my way to Manchester at five in the morning, um, I saw four fellow United fans. For some reason, all four of them were bald and wearing the ball boy tracksuit, age 45. This is at five in the morning. I couldn't even have a water. Four beers for these guys. Don't talk to me about rough. Um, also, air deaths in 2018. Over 556. Mm. Up 44 from 2017. People overrate the safety of aviation. Oh, you'd be... You'd be quicker dying on the roads, of course you would. There's so yeah, many more human-operated vehicles. It's it's put in a completely different context and way. I mean, the human when you actually think about it, aviation and trusting aviation, that that is such a level of belief in fellow man. Like what you're saying is like people who anyone who's on this who can sleep, anyone who's listening to this who can sleep on a plane. You don't have enough going on in your brain. There's something wrong with you. I get that you can't waste your life just being lathered in anxiety shaking on a plane but if you've so little going on that you can just shut off and have a snooze when you are 10,000 feet probably higher in the air when you were four inches of wall separated from air that would instantly crush you and kill you and there's people kipping we're not supposed to be up there and they're proven in the stats it's very very high 556 in the world obviously in the world yeah Yeah. it's uh, it's 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 crazy, crazy stuff. Um, but I want I want to get a bit more from you because yesterday was probably the biggest day of your year. Um, what was that? The darts final was on. Oh, yeah. uh, what did you make of the tournament overall? Yeah, it was good. Um, glad Michael Van Gerwen won, obviously, because just to see good sports players. Yeah, well, I'm I I've said this to a few buddies I was watching the game with. I don't think I've not only sportsmen. I don't think I've ever disliked a man more than I dislike. That absolute circular egg, Michael Van Gerwen. First of all, you're good at darts. Stop taking so much pride in it. After the game, he said that he's happy to win his third world championship, but he believes he can train harder. Why is he using the word train? What's he mean train? Because he couldn't be doing anything else but just throwing at the board. Look how overweight he is. Look how overweight every single player in the tournament is. Why? It's like Eddie Hearn's dad's making them do because it gets them a bigger cult following. What? It's such a bad advertisement. We give out about people are saying, oh, those plus side mo- models shouldn't be advertising obesity and we shouldn't be promoting this. Yeah. Why are we having to go with the darts? Look at the lifestyle that they are actually promoting. Absolutely embarrassing him using the word train. Absolutely disgraceful. What an insult to sportsmen all over the world. Michael Van Gerwen, train. The yeah. country's never even been the cross trainer. Also, he won £500,000 last night. Did he? Christ. So every single one of you that are watching it and everyone who's who's gambling on it, and I know we can all be guilty of that, but next year when the World Championship is on, just remember that you are all playing a role in paying a 30-stone bloke who's throwing things at a wall, doing the same motion every single shot, who learned us trading a boozer, you're all playing a role in giving them half a million pounds. Michael Van Gerwen, last night, made the annual salary of a brain surgeon. I wouldn't call... I, I understand that everyone can have different passions. I understand that people like having a gamble and people like watching these sports. But the one thing I actually want people to try to do, I think we should get a petition going, let's boycott darts. Because we can sit there and we can claim that all these athletes make making money, but like what I'd always say and challenge people to do is you go do it then. Yeah. Footballers overpaid. Like run, go, no, but not even have the skill or talent. Literally run 11 kilometers in Moscow. Yeah. 
away at CSK Moscow Champions League group game run 11 kilometers in 70 minutes there stop talking to me about your money or all these these guys are committed they get up early they can't drink they can't do anything that's boycott the darts there's nothing to it at least snooker you have the white ball positioning at least they they aren't absolutely obese they at least have to dress okay a few handsome guys in the snooker game the darts is absolutely embarrassing their shirts imagine the smell of them in those shirts you know that kind of texture picks up BO like no other Um, a similar texture to like kind of GAA jerseys and this is something that I was very eager um, to bring up I was um, shopping for a present for somebody there over Christmas and I was jokingly going to pick them up the Limerick jersey I thought it would be funny the Limerick hurling jersey I thought it would be like 18 quid it was 70 euro for the Limerick hurling jersey okay first of all um why would anyone buy a hurling jersey? Like, if you say, like, okay, I want to buy the jersey of my favourite Premier League football team, I want to buy an NFL team, it comes with name, yeah. whatever. These guy jerseys don't come with names, don't oh, come yeah. with any level of personalisation. I don't even think there was a sponsor on the, the one Elvries were selling the Limerick one. So, if you want to go and watch Limerick hurling team, go into Carroll's off O'Connell Street and just get a t-shirt that says Lumnoch on it and go into Crow Park wearing that. What is the point in getting the new jersey? There's no distinction between that and... It's the same as the green t-shirt. There's nothing on it. It's it's completely pointless purchase. And people are out there buying it. 70 euro for the Limerick hurling jersey. The players aren't even getting paid. Now, where's it going? Um, Something that is unbelievably entertaining and I just I had to bring this up because I found it too funny I don't know if you've seen um, if you're still following the soaps I know I think your mother watches all three does she? Uh, four go from Fair City, City Corrie Emmerdale just Emmerdale yeah, I've never heard anyone watching Emmerdale ever <coughs> didn't know didn't, didn't know people did the least Fair City yeah, yeah. Um, so EastEnders recently is getting praise because it had a woman she had a rant. I don't know the character to see this. No. She talked about, like, you don't know how tough it is to be a woman. And she no, went on this real yeah. emotional rant and they got credited for it all over the place. Ratings boomed. Everyone's, like, loving EastEnders because they've gone all PC. So EastEnders are getting carried away. Traditionally a show that couldn't stereotype yeah, people disgusting. more. It has, like, the black London yeah. guy walking around the place, talking like that. Yeah, and then it has, like... Fucking feeling wrong, Mitchell. You know what I mean? Like completely, they're they're allowed to hit women nearly and all, and like all the men who are like way, like they're nowhere near as attractive as the women, but they're kind of just mistreating them and cheating on them and all. And then they have like Dawn or whatever her name is, but behind the fucking bar pulling points. It's just so misogynistic, so backward. The yeah. whole show is, but they get a, they get a, a tap on the back for this. They're making, they're bringing in this year. The new producer said they want to bring in a gay bar. <laughs> two EastEnders and it's going to be on the show all the characters like what's the name Ian yeah all these blokes just going to be hanging around there it's not just the gay characters oh, going so really? normally in these shows like they had Todd and it was such a big thing to be gay but now they're going to make it like so accepting that like if you want to have a point just head into the gay ball it's no big deal and everyone's going to be sitting there in perfect harmony but then they should just get a new show make a new show it's just absolutely crazy um, if EastEnders is, EastEnders is now going um, PC yes. it's just funny um, we are still on the Premier League eleven. Something that is forming very nicely, but this is an unbelievably difficult uh, and interesting position. We're, we're on we're on the left of midfield. Four top top players 
um, to choose from here. Um, and it was a very tough decision in the end. Nominee number one, Robert Perez. Um, I, I like him on the left. That was my favourite Perez. I, I like, even though he's right footed, I like him on the left. Um, came to Arsenal in the summer of 00 on a six million move from Marseille, replacing Mark Overmars. Um, which, by the way, at the time seemed impossible. Um, into his first season, it looked even more impossible. They said he wasn't up to English football. They said he lacked physicality. Perez himself tells a story about playing uh, at Sunderland in his first season, saying, "Why am I in this league?" This isn't for me. Um, but things kind of went his way. Uh, he scored an FA Cup semi or started to go his way. He scored an FA Cup semi final goal against Spurs later on in the season. He also scored a wonder goal against Lazio in the Champions League. Um, his form started picking up. And by the time the 01 02 season came around, the real Robert Perez was in town. Football Riders Player of the Year that season and Arsenal's Player of the Year when they won the double. Um, a, tr- a Premier League great three PFA team of the years two time league winner two time FA Cup winner and a guy who changed the game of a winger in English football when he came there was great wingers but they were traditional wingers he was the first one to start scoring consistently scoring goals consistently being in the six yard box uh, hugely influential on in how the game actually is today um, he scored 15 plus goals in three consecutive seasons from 02 onwards which back then was incredible. 62 Premier League goals in 189 games for Arsenal. Um, Not powerful, lacks strength, but unbelievably creative and unbelievable amount of courage, something that he had to learn and that he didn't necessarily come to England with. Um, Every time he was kicked, he was getting back up. Somebody who was accused of diving, somebody who was accused of being the biggest diver, in the, the history of the English game. It's overrated. I saw Danny Mills, a guy who, of course, would be very anti-diving, who defended yeah. against Perez numerous times, come out recently saying, that was a, that was a bad rep Perez got. Perez, Perez will get up. Unbelievable goal scoring record, that one there. Freakish. Absolutely freakish. And a pretty respectful international career. I mean, trying to break into that France team was more or less impossible in the late 90s, early 90s, but he still managed to get to the squad for the World Cup in 98 and the Euros in 00, providing the assist in 00 for David Trezeguet's golden goal in the final. He, did, he, he didn't make the squad for the 98 final, though. although, again, weirdly enough, he did provide an assist for Lauren Blanc's own goal, or golden goal, yeah. against uh, Paraguay in the last 16. Um, a player that many Arsenal player fans would consider in, in the top 20 Arsenal players ever. Uh, a Premier League great and somebody who 100% deserves a nomination. I mean, you don't get voted as the best in your position three times in the country. No by your fellow peers and be left out yeah really Uh, insane really good player Uh, Villa stint wasn't great so I'm not really even going to go into it Mm. Uh, um, also one of the greatest North London Derby players ever was he? scored like 8 goals in 11 in North London Derbies Mm. Um, Gareth Bale listen there's there's just not a chance Um, he can be left out Originally, again, in the Premier League, started off poorly. He was playing left-back a lot of the time. Then Redknapp eventually moved into left-winger. And we haven't really seen anything like it. Um, so fit, so much pace, so strong, so much agility. Unbelievable in the air. Added goals to his game. Became an unbelievable free kick-taker. A great crosser off the ball. The guy has 31 Wales goals. He, he brought Wales to the Euros in 2016. 
people are going to say, ooh, can you really nominate him for the Premier League? I, the four Champions Leagues at Real Madrid are really going to be his legacy. Gareth Bale won PFA Player of the Year twice at Tottenham. Yeah. At Tottenham. 11 and 13. In the 13th season, he also won Football Riders and PFA Young Player of the Year, being only the third player to do it after Andy Gray and Ronaldo. Gareth Bale scored 21 league goals for Tottenham in 2013. 26 in all comps. That's ridiculous. The guy nearly has one and two since he's moved to Real Madrid. Gareth Bale is debatably top three British footballers of all time. Two PFA Player of the Years, four Champions Leagues, Euro semi-finalists at Wales. He scored brace in the last Champions League final. I know I'm talking about La Liga there, but I'm trying to say that level of player was still born and bred in the Premier League, and his Premier League career was still unbelievably impressive. A two-time PFA Player of the Year at Tottenham. Villas Boas kind of moved more into an attacking midfield, supporting striker role. He was insane in that role as well. His last season at Spurs alone is one of the greatest, uh, alone is enough to get him nominated, one of the greatest Premier League seasons ever. Ridiculous footballer. Um, very difficult to leave him out. If he'd stayed in England even two more years, I reckon he'd be on the left of this side. Uh, it's just that the fact that it just wasn't long enough is the reason he's not in the team. But don't even for a second ask me why he's nominated. Frightening. So powerful. Like a 100-meter sprinter. His ability to get past a man. His use of the ball when he's running with it. The way he just touches it into space. And a great finisher. Scary, scary player. Some of his yeah. performances over the years have just been so dominant. He, he's he's such an athlete. Such an athlete. Ridiculous. Very hard to leave him goals. out. What? The quality of his goals? Some of his goals are, are ridiculous. His goal away at Stoke for Tottenham is probably the best kind of volley I've debated we've seen in the Premier League. It's, it's, it's humorous. This is the big one. The final two. Um, it's tough um, and it's very very difficult for me but I take this all time Premier League 11 very very seriously by the time this team is done especially with how people have been listening with their ears to the ground yeah. for the final formation of this side and to yeah. see how it looks this was very hard for me the heart, of course, is leaning one way. And a lot of people could say the head should also lean that way. And it was. But I just, I had to make this decision as, an, as a football fan and as a logical thinker. And this is what I truly believe. So not in the team and nominee number three, Ryan Giggs. Um, 13... Premier League titles enough. I don't even know what to say about that. That's not yeah. 13 Premier League titles. Like, that's unbelievably funny. Four FA Cups, two Champions Leagues. Six PFA Team of the Years. Of course, he won PFA Player of the Year in 09, but I don't I don't really count it. I don't really... It's very, it's very difficult because it still was voted for by the players, but yeah. I think Vidic would have won it if it wasn't for the game against Liverpool. The 4-1, which again is completely overrated. The sun was in his eyes. One of the reasons why Giggs isn't in this is, for me, Giggs, and people don't really say it because he was around for so long and because he's so decorated, but Giggs was a disappointment, slightly. Was he? 
PFA Young Player of the Year in 92 and 93. Up until the year 97, the guy was absolutely yeah. frightening. Absolutely frightening. It looked like the next George Best. So quick, in and out, great crosser of the ball. He scored 10 Premier League goals in 94 and 96, but I must say, the only two times in his career he got 10 yeah. league goals. But up until 97, this guy, we have we have a guy who's going to be the best winger in the world here for the next 10 years. And to be honest, by the time the early 90s came around, Giggs was kind of in and out of the team the odd time. Yeah. A remarkable servant, a remarkable talent, and how he kind of changed his game to move into a more central when he was older is just something that not many players could do. Um, I didn't always love him in the middle. I kind of thought, I kind of thought his pace was so gone that in a way he was a burden but like still the odd game or the odd pass or the odd goal were still insane and a technical genius the way he saw the game his vision was insane and his touch was absolutely frightening especially for a player who had as much raw pace as he did when he was younger his first touch was just ridiculous him Beckham on either side yeah. both in their pomp is something that is now looked back as just pure comedy but Again, internationally speaking, only 12 international goals and 64 caps. I know he played for Wales and didn't care and Fergie pulled him out. And all. There's just certain little things about his career that for me, I just can't put him in. Uh, again, the ten, the, t- the 10 Premier League goals only twice thing. Um, the kind of... The way the longevity can make you see... Some people see things can sometimes alter reality a bit. A, a, a sensational footballer but for me especially like a lot of people say Giggs or Bale now that's not a debate Bale. Garrett Bale is, yeah. is better than Ryan Giggs I know that might be hard to stomach nah, especially yeah. for a lot of United fans out there Bale's better than Giggs um, but again a legend an absolute legend his career and legacy was blighted by the fact that he yeah. had sex with his brother's wife uh, an eight-year affair, absolutely appalling, apparently making her get an abortion and things like that. Imagine, actually, when you have all that fame, you have yeah. all that money, you have all that adulation, and you still feel the need to, to nick your brother's wife. And But I, I still think that we know Ryan Giggs is a footballer. Yeah, we, we don't do, yeah. know him as a happily married man. We know who Ryan Giggs is because of his wizardry on the left wing. So let's kind of stick our judgment to that. I'm judging Giggs as a footballer here. I'm telling you, Giggs was world-class. For seven years. Yeah. The rest, he was very, very good. And by the time he was done, I was nearly waiting outside Old Trafford to drive him yeah. away from the stadium. Well, I, was, we wanted, I wanted him gone for a while before he left. But a stunning player. I just... And everyone, a lot of people make sure Giggs is in their all-time Premier League eleven. But logically speaking, I can't put him ahead of Eden Hazard. I can't put him ahead of Eden Hazard. And that's where I want Hazard on the left. Um, I mean, to come to England at 21 and to make PFA Team of the Year four out of your first six seasons. He's in a seventh season now. He's probably going to make it again. It's going to be five and seven. In his six seasons... Again, he came at 21 from the French League. In his six seasons in England, he's been in the top two of PFA Player of the Year three times. One in 15, second in 14, second in 17. He has 79 Premier League goals. That's only like that's only like 34 less than Geeks. Yeah. He has 27 goals for Belgium in 98 caps. 
He's 27 years of age. Again, counting the 21. He's won the Premier League twice. He's won the FA Cup. He's won a League Cup. His balance and agility, I haven't seen. I haven't seen the likes of that in the English game. I haven't seen that low centre of gravity in the English game. His ability to turn on a ball. The guarantee of him beating the first or the second man every time he gets the ball. And if he doesn't beat them, because the low centre of gravity is there, he definitely retains possession. You know the way if Martial's gone on a dribble, he has to commit. It's all or nothing. It's beat them or lose the ball. Not with Hazard. His vision is insane. Remarkable finisher. And he's so two-footed that it's borderline unrealistic. Again, Perez, not on these guys' level. Brilliant, not on these guys' level. Bale, sensational. Bale and Hazard in an overall scale is a very interesting debate for me. I'd probably right now, just for career achievement, lean towards Bale. But when Hazard eventually goes to Real Madrid, which looks like it's going to happen, especially with Chelsea picking up Pulisic today... Um, do you hear about that? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, no, I think I think when Hazard goes to Madrid, I think he could exceed Bale. Giggs, world class legend, icon, the evergreen Ryan Giggs, alters position, brilliant, but not a, not on the level of of Eden Hazard or Bale. And again, due to how long, much longer Hazard did in the Premier League in terms of being that yeah. good than Bale did, it has to be Hazard. Again, top two. In the PFA Player of the Year, three out of six seasons, he came at 21 from Lille. That's a joke. So quick. Unbelievably quick. And has scored over 10 league goals five out of the seven seasons, including this one. He's already got 10 this season, so we can put it in. He's five. He has 10 league goals five out of the seven seasons. Giggs did it twice. And I know it was a different game and Giggs had to play wider and had to cross more and had to play the two centre forwards, but... No, it's Hazard. Uh, that team right now is just shaping up scarily. Van der Sar, Neville, Ferdinand, Terry, Cole, Kante, Scholes, Ronaldo on the right, Hazard on the left. Our number 10 at centre forward. I've been doing the next two eps. Um, I apologise for the delay of this episode. And um, I hope you all go easy on yourselves going into the new year. A lot of you feel bad about yourselves. A lot of you say you're never drinking again. You're thinking life's tough. Just forgive yourselves. Get on with it. Don't bother taking a dry January. Just relax. Everyone else is lying about how good their life is. Don't fall for it. Yeah, my show.